Welcome to another episode of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. I'm your host, Chris May. We're joined today by one of Indiana's all-time greatest athletes and a member of one of Indiana's greatest high school basketball teams. It could be said he has accomplished more for Indiana schools and franchises in-state than any other basketball legend. He led Indianapolis-Washington High School to a perfect 31-0 undefeated state championship in 1969. He was named that season's Indiana Mr. Basketball. He averaged 29.9 points per game in his only season at Indiana University and was named an All-American. Decorated in an 11-year NBA and ABA career, he was a six-time All-Star, ABA League MVP, a member of the Indiana Pacers 1972 and 73 ABA championship squads, and he was named to the ABA All-Time Team. He, of course, is George McGinnis, and it all started for him on the west side of Indianapolis and at Indianapolis Washington High School. George joins us to tell us his story on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. Let's just start with Indiana high school basketball. What are the words, the thoughts, the emotions that you get? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Indiana high school basketball is the first time I saw it played in 56 as a six-year-old on TV sitting with my dad watching Attics, uh, then watching some of the great teams thereafter and thinking how neat that would be to one day to be able to play in that game, not having any idea that I would get that opportunity. What are some of those things you think about when you think of the history of Indiana high school basketball? The thing that sticks out most about uh, Indiana basketball, especially the high school level, uh, is the passion, uh, the camaraderie, uh, the student uh, section, uh, having the pep rallies the day before the game, uh, the day of the game, getting ready for the game, uh, the, the togetherness, the family atmosphere. It was wonderful. A community feel. What were your stories to share about what you experienced? Well, you know, because uh, to me, in, in the early 60s, uh, there was a lot of things going on in our country. And, and what we did here at Washington transcended all of that, transcended race. Uh, we were able to play uh, with white athletes and black athletes and never even thought about uh, what color the guy who's on your team is because there was, you cared so much about them as a teammate and as a human being. And our coaches here at Washington taught us all of that. So learning those lessons as a, as a young teenager uh, was very valuable, very, very valuable. Take me back to the very beginning of you as a young boy. What was your first real introduction to basketball? Everyone in our neighborhood played. Uh, and there was guys who someone always had a little basket up on a garage in an alley in the little area that we lived in. And uh, that's how it all started for me. Six, seven years old, my dad put me up a little basket when I was eight uh, behind a little garage that we had. And um, from there, there was a kid whose dad who put him up a real goal. And every kid in the neighborhood was at this guy's house every evening after school. Uh, winter, summer, we played at his house. So, uh, and it just uh, started from that and it just kept progressing. And then I got to a junior high and that was my first organized basketball game when I was in the sixth grade. At what point did you and basketball and a love in between you really develop? Oh, I think um, 
between the sixth and seventh grade. I was, my dad was a big man. He was six foot six. My mom was six foot, so I come from big stock. So I was always a tall kid, much taller than all my classmates at every level through school. And uh, it was easy to gravitate toward it. Um, but I, I didn't, didn't start out very well, a little clumsy at first, uh, but just uh, had some good, good coaching uh, from an early level, dribble with the left hand, dribble with the right hand, doing all these constant drills all the time. I kept getting better at it, and uh, it was a natural progression. How do you encapsulate what you and your teammates accomplished at Washington High School? Well, for any kid who plays basketball here in Indiana at the high school level, the biggest dream that kid could have is to be on the state championship team. I think every kid lives for that who plays high school basketball, and I was no different. And to have that dream come true, uh, we had a team in 1965 who was very good, undersized, they overachieve and won the state championship, so that was something, that was a goal that our 1969 team uh, had in front of us to try and, you know, meet what those guys had did for this school. And to be able to accomplish that, uh, all the things I've done, college, pro, and what have you, I've never ever recaptured the feeling that I had on the night of 1969 winning the state high school basketball championship. It was incredible. Talk to me a little bit about some of the rivalries in the other schools in Indianapolis. One of the big problems in Indianapolis is that we had such good teams that um, the team that came out of the regional, sectionals and regionals, was, uh, was a very, very good team because you had Tech, you had Short Ridge, you had Attics. Um, there were just so many good teams with good players. And every year, it was one of those teams. Short Ridge and Tech were really, really good uh, in, in the early 60s uh, and throughout the 60s, I would say. Uh, but it, it was just a great rivalry with those. I remember those particular teams in, uh, I remember those three teams in particular because they were great competitors. And uh, our junior year, we thought we had a state championship team uh, and we were, we were beating by Short Ridge, um, who had a kid named Oscar Evans, who was a terrific player, and they beat us in the final game of the regionals. So that was a sore spot. So that was an incentive to come back in 69. And our coach said, he says, listen, guys, I know you're disappointed, but I'm going to tell you something. He says, we're going to do better next year. And he says, every game we win on Friday and Saturday night, I'm going to take you guys to White Castle. And I'm going to let you each get 10 White Castles apiece. And that's for every game that you win. Well, we won 31 in a row. What was the game night atmosphere? A Washington Short Ridge game or a Washington Tech game? What did that feel like? Well, it was a lot of excitement. You know, I just uh, coming from where I came from um, and hearing the band out there playing, getting a pep talk from your coach, uh, going over your game plan, uh, all of it was just uh, very memorable, and um, we were we had a we had a strong purpose every single game. Uh, our senior year, especially, Bill Green had done a great job of preparing us for your freshman and sophomore years. What was your state tournament experience? You know, my freshman year, I got to sit and watch, played in a few games, and then my sophomore year, I. I uh, 
I, I played a lot, uh, but it was uh, it was like life and death. You know, you uh, you lived on a, on a string. You know, you're just hanging there, and you know if you lose, you go home. And uh, those were incredible nights. Uh, you know, the togetherness, the team atmosphere. Like I said, the good coaching, you know, getting prepared, ready to play, you know, getting a steak dinner before a game was, uh, was a pretty neat deal for us. So, yeah, it was uh, very memorable, and uh, like I said, it's etched in my mind. You mentioned watching the 55 and 56 Addicts teams with your father. Uh, you're watching Oscar Robertson. You're a young kid. Uh, how much did that impact you or influence you? Well, I, I think he had an influence on every kid who played basketball uh, in this state. Um, he was so ahead of his time. He was so good. And I would just, I almost developed that one-hand shot of mine because he always shot it and held it back here. And I started doing that, and I developed this habit of just grabbing it with one hand and shooting it when I was young. But uh, he had a great influence on me, as well as a lot of kids in the inner city because he came from where we grew up. He played on the same courts that we did. So we knew that he was able to achieve a goal that, that we were looking for. And we knew that he came and shot on the same goals that we were shooting on. So it was a dream for us. He, he created, uh, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for us. And he kind of led the way in that. What do you remember about watching Oscar in the state championship game? I was six years old. Biggest memory I have from the game is after the game, they're standing on the little thing out in the center court, like a little little stand they had out there, and they had their rings, and everybody was looking and laughing, and that memory's etched in my mind. And uh, my dad was just, he was saying, how about that, the Tigers won, the Tigers won. And uh, it was a great night. You mentioned earlier race. What were the race situations like for you? Well, the 60s in our country was a turbulent time. And um, things got starting to get better. But there was a long ways to go. And um, during my years of elementary, junior high, and until I got to Washington, I went to school with all black kids. And that's what kids did uh, here in Indianapolis back in those days. Oscar, I don't think ever went to school with a white kid uh, because during those days he had to go to attics, if, especially if, uh, if you lived in you know, a certain geographical area. So Washington provided us an opportunity to look and see how different people lived and uh, they got an opportunity to do the same thing with us. And we struck up great friendships. Sports is, uh, is a vehicle that brings people together. And that's what it did for us. Guys I played with here at this school, high school basketball, high school football, they still are my dearest friends to this day. So we're sitting here talking inside your high school gym at Washington. What feelings or memories do you have that come from here? Well, this gym brings back a lot of competitive memories. Steve Downing, uh, we never ever played on the same team in practice. By the way, and he came out when he was uh, a sophomore and he didn't do so well. He was only about six foot tall as a sophomore, five foot 10 as a freshman. 6'1 or so as a, as a sophomore, 
And I would say, what, what, what is this little kid? He couldn't, he couldn't handle the ball. He, every time he grabbed it, he'd lose it. Uh, and he just kept getting better. better. Then over the summer, he'd grow. And so by the time he got to be a senior, he was six foot nine. And we had the most competitive matches in practice going at each other. You know, uh, not, he's not shaking my hand after practice if he loses. We don't talk until the next day. Those are the things I remember most about this gym, the competitiveness, uh, the hard playing, the coaching. Uh, this is where it was all built right here. Your head coach, Bill Green, what was your relationship? What did he mean to you? Well, he was like a father figure to me. Um, Bill Green is one of the most legendary high school coaches of all time. Six state championships. He always was looking for us to not only become really good basketball players or good athletes, but he cared about what kind of character you had, what kind of person were you going to be, how are you going to treat people. You treat people the like the way you like to be treated. He was always teaching us little lessons, um, you know, how to how to speak, how to carry yourself. Um, those were the formative years for us, and uh, he played a big, big part in that. So, would you say you feel lucky to have played basketball in Indiana? I feel very lucky to have played Indiana basketball. I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else in high school. Where else? Can you walk around? I'm a 65-year-old man, and people say, George, oh, I remember you in 69 with your high school state championship team. I saw you at Butler. I mean, it's incredible. This is the only place here in Indiana that that happens. When you were playing professionally, did any of the other guys ask you, what's this all about Indiana basketball, Indiana high school basketball, what's the big deal? Oh, absolutely, all the time. I got it a lot. What's, uh, what's the high school basketball? I hear it's crazy. I hear you guys got these big gyms. I mean, you actually have eight, ten thousand 10,000 people coming out. I say, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. You've never seen anything like Indiana high school basketball. When you think about the high school gyms in Indiana, you know, you, you know it's the size. Then the names, Wigwam, uh, the Newcastle gym, the Seymour gym. But it was, it was just something about them. You walk down into the gym and you walked into the place I remember the first time I went to Newcastle and saw that gym, and I said, there's a floor way down there, Coach. He goes, yeah. Yeah, and it was amazing, and all these people, uh, I think I was a freshman, and we went over to see a game, which was a, a real treat uh, to be able to be in that type of atmosphere. And uh, he says, welcome to Indiana High School basketball, son. So when you look at the facilities you played in later in your career, how do they relate to the Indiana high school gyms that you played in? Well, if you, if you compare some of the Indiana gyms that uh, I played in here uh, in Indiana uh, compared to some of the gyms we played in in the AVA, <laughs> then some of the gyms in Indiana would have uh, much better uh, uh, facilities than we played uh, back in the old ABA. Uh, as a matter of fact, we played every year, we played an exhibition game in the Wigwam in Anderson. We played exhibition games in Columbus in their high school gym, which was terrific. Uh, and, it, and those events were always sold out. We played an exhibition game in Old Fort Wayne Coliseum. Uh, those, those events were sold out. So uh, it was great to go back as a pro and play in these venues uh, 
knowing that I hadn't played in all of them, but the few I played in, it was really appreciative. So it let the guys who didn't know much about Indiana basketball see the size of these places and the fact that they were sold out just for an exhibition game, which was incredible. Again, we talk about the community support. What was that like here? It, it was great. Uh, the community just support playing uh, Indiana basketball was incredible. Like with, with all the teams, uh, all of our parents and the teachers uh, and the kids were something purple, whether a sweater or a shirt. Uh, you know, two of the guys on our team uh, married cheerleaders and uh, they, they, they were significant. So it was just, uh, it, was, it was always great. After the games and after we got back from White Castle, uh, our parents would be waiting right out here for us to go home, and it was it was quite a treat. We sit up to 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning talking about the game, and uh, with my mom and dad, and it was those were great memories. So, what was it like to hold the championship trophy in 1969? Winning the championship in '69 and holding the, being able to hold that trophy. The first thing I thought about was the '56 Addicts team and the memory that's etched in my mind of them getting that ring. So the trophy was important, but the ring was, I couldn't wait, I said, where is it at? And when we finally were able to put those rings on, man, I don't think I've ever had a feeling like that, ever, ever. Hinkle Fieldhouse is an iconic venue. What are your memories or emotions attached to that place? I don't think I've ever played in an arena that had more character, that was much, it was more fun to play. The floor was soft, if you know what I mean. The floor, it almost had a little bounce to it. It wasn't a hard floor. Uh, and there was something about that place that's mythical and magical and um, absolutely uh, the best basketball court I've ever played on. Popcorn popped. Cheerleaders jumped, crowds roared, and you always had competitive games at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Are you still a fan of Indiana High School basketball today? Absolutely. Me, Steve Downing, Wayne Pat, Jim Arnold, we will catch five or six games uh, a year somewhere. We go to Southport, uh, we'll go out to Lawrence North, uh, different places, just to catch a good game on the weekend. And you know, it brings back so many great memories. And then, of course, when the tournament starts, you get a chance to watch that whole thing um, unfold. And, you know, I was a little apprehensive about uh, high school basketball and breaking it up into classes. But after watching all those kids, the joy they get from winning the state championship, you know, the more the merrier, you know, and uh, it, it really brings uh, a big smile to my face to see uh, the joy that they get in playing and winning. It's the same joy that I got over 40 years ago. Isn't that part of the legacy of Indiana high school basketball? Guys who won a state title quite a few years ago, still attached to the game, still watching the games? Well, as, as you all know, when you're young, you never think you're going to get old. And um, guys my age would come to our games who had went to Washington when we were in high school. And he says, man, this guy... He's at every game, and he, well, he went to Washington 50 years ago, they'd say. We say 50 years, and here it is, it's been over 40 since 
we played here at this, this great place. So we lose all of our ability as, as athletes, but we never lose the memories. How does that make you feel to be a part of it? There's nothing like being a part of Indiana high school basketball, nothing. We appreciate George sharing his time and his stories and memories with us here on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. If you've liked this episode, please share on your social media channels. And don't forget to encourage your friends as well as yourself to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. And in the meantime, we hope you'll join us online, www.hoopshall.com, for information on our museum, our organization, upcoming events, and for that special basketball souvenir for someone in your family. Also, don't forget to follow the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we hope you'll come back for another episode very soon. This is the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. I'm your host, Chris May. Chris May.